Welcome to Ugandan Art Speaks Out, a podcast where creativity flows and the art of storytelling thrives. Join us today as we delve into the enchanting world of Jennifer Makumbi and her craft. In this workshop, we'll unravel the secrets behind her written word, exploring the mind of the accomplished author, her inspirations, and the techniques that breathe life into her characters and world. Whether you're a budding writer, seeking inspiration, or a seasoned wordsmith looking to enhance your skills, this podcast promises to be a captain journey through the minds of literary artisans. So grab your favorite notebook and a pen and let's embark on the literary adventure together. Okay, I'll begin by introducing Jennifer Makumbi, although she needs no introduction. Uh, Jennifer Nansubuga Makumbi is a Ugandan fiction writer. Her first novel, Chintu, won the Kwani Manuscript Project in 2013. Her second book is a collection of short stories published in spring 2019 in the UK and the Commonwealth, as Manchester happened. It was shortlisted for the big book prize, Harper's Bazaar. Her third book, which came out in autumn 2020, is The First Woman, Rachel's personal favorite, um, and was published in the US as A Girl is a Body of Water. Her books have been translated into five languages, including German, Dutch, Italian, French, and Turkish. Jennifer is a recipient of the Wyndham Campbell Literature Prize in 2018. She won the Global Commonwealth Short Story Prize in 2014 for a short story, Let's Tell the Story Properly. She's a Choose International Writing Fellow, which she was awarded in 2019, and a Nice Residency, which she undertook in 2021. She has a PhD from Lancaster University and has been a senior lecturer at several universities in Britain. Most recently, she undertook a fellowship in Berlin with the Deutsche Akademische Austauschdienst, um, on which she was working on her next novel, I've been told, so all very excited for that. This is going to be a very organic conversation. So I'll begin with the issue of even finding an agent and a publisher. I feel like the process of being become, becoming published as a writer, it's very nebulous and unclear. There's many gates and gatekeepers to navigate, um, and I, sometimes I feel that this is unclear on purpose, um, doubly so for African writers from the continent who don't have access to the networks. So as an African writer trying to break through the international publishing world, how do you even go about finding an, a literary agent and a publisher? Okay. Hello. Yeah. Sorry. Hi, everyone. Thank you for turning up. Um, you've abandoned the kids who are doing S4 and decided to come here. But I'm really, really glad to see all of you here. First of all, it's a reminder that I have a market here that I won't go hungry if I write another book. But also there's this idea that Africans don't read, even though Africans are writing. And it's until you come back and people turn up and they remind you and they are eager to hear and, and to read. And you, you, you just go back to your computer thinking, goodness me, I can do this. So much as I'm inspiring to writers, readers turning up in numbers like this are so inspiring to me as well. So thank you very much. So how do you go on about breaking into international writing? Absolutely. How do you go about finding an agent and a publisher okay. as an African writer? That is an African writer on the continent? Yes. Okay. Besides writing a fantastic book? Yes. <laughs> Just that minor thing. 
That's easy enough to do. Because <laughs> um, that, that is quite easy. Um, um, first of all, I think we need to look at the idea of international publishing because normally it should be that when you, you, you get published in your home country, in this case, which is Uganda. So if you get published in Kenya, in West Africa, in South Africa, then you're internationally published. But as you can see the faces, nobody is convinced that that is international publishing because we all believe that being published in the West, first and foremost, is being internationally published. And I am not going to find fault with that because I did think like that as well. And indeed, uh, so for example, when I went to, to, to Germany to do this um, fellowship, I was asked, have you been internationally published? And I don't think writing to them and saying, oh, Chento came out in Kenya first uh, and sending them a review in the East African would have cut it. So they do like to see you have been reviewed in The Guardian, in The Washington Post, somewhere in, in Holland, you know. So it is, I agree, it is important to be published in the West because the West only knows the West. Um, so how do you go about finding an agent in the West while you're on the continent? Now, I am not going to lie to you, that is difficult. Because agents themselves want to promote you when you're closer. The, the major problem is that when you publish, the first thing the publisher wants to know is will you be available to promote your book? And if they're going to fly you from Africa, because for them, the market is where? In the West. In the West. So they are going to market you in the West. So if you, uh, you send a book, a wonderful book, perfect, fantastic book from Uganda to an agent in, uh, in London, and the agent is gushing all over it, you had better sell in millions because then they need the money to fly you to Britain, put you in a hotel, which is all expensive, feed you, and then transport you around Britain to promote it before they fly you to the US and other people who've published you. So that is one of the major problems that probably agents um, are reluctant to take on someone from Africa. But hey, if the, if the agent is um, excited about the book and they say this is going to sell in millions, or that they will fly you over and put you in an expensive hotel and wine and dine here, depending on how much you're going to sell. Now, having said that, Achebe wrote in Africa, things fall apart, traveled from, uh, from Nigeria to um, England. It was even typed because he wrote in hand. So it was typed there and it was, he used the typed form to get an agent and it traveled um, Europe without him being there. The same as the palm wine drinker, 
Yeah, he never even traveled to Europe, ever. And yet his book traveled. So much as I've told you about the agents, you never know. You could be the one person who write that book and change the publishing industry. And the other thing is uh, because recently Europe, especially Britain, is becoming aware of African readerships. Um, Nigeria is fantastic. I mean, those people buy books. So, and Ugandans buy my books. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 cannot, I can only speak for myself. And so because of that, my publisher has changed. So whenever a book of mine is coming out, my publisher asks me, would you like to go and launch it in Uganda first? But that is because you guys have been buying my books, you know? And I understand Goretti is now in uh, publishers uh, because of what is happening to me. Publishers are seeking her out. Uh, you know, Penguin, hi, Goretti. You know, we have other African writers you could sell, you know. So if we keep up this, I mean, of course, I'm flogging my books, but if we all keep on buying books, you know, um, we can change the publishing world from over there, okay? It's all about the money. Honestly, it's just about the money. The way I'm treated is so different because of the way you treat my books, okay? So if you get behind an author, you know, and the publishers realize, okay, we are sending so many books in Uganda, they will publish you while you're in Uganda, and they will promote your book in Uganda, and then afterwards promote you in Europe. That's my belief. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Okay, you all heard her. Keep buying her books because that means her next book, we can launch it here in Uganda. Um, I wanted to pick up on something you said earlier about the West only knowing the West. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because I read an interview with you in which you said that Chintu was initially rejected for being, quote unquote, too African. And that British publishers and readers, they like to have something they can relate to in books, um, be it Western characters or familiar settings and storylines. Um, if they're reading books about Africa. Um, but you said that Chintu is proper, proper Africa. Yeah. Um, so that would lead me to my next question. What type of stories by African writers att attract international publishers, also international? Okay, uh, thank you. Can, can you hang on to that uh, question? Because um, I've just realized that perhaps people want to know how to get an agent. Yes, that is true. Um, so often we say, Pick up uh, the, um, go to um, to the internet, look up the agents, the agencies you're interested in, in Britain or in the U.S. Okay, now look at the authors they've published. Look at the kind of African authors they've published, and look at the books they've published. Look at the covers. All these tiny little things matter. Look at the covers, the, the way they look, because all of uh, the agent fights for you on this. And then write an email. Now, that's where it starts to get 
difficult uh, because they receive a lot of emails. So I, I did that when I first started and it wasn't helpful very much. However, one of the things that I found interesting is if you've written a real good book, yeah, uh, make sure you have what we call um, a presence online. So when you send your letter, put in, uh, and I've written this book and I was, no, I've been published in, in this magazine. I was shortlisted for the short story. I have taken part in this. So they look at what, that you have a footprint online because the problem is promoting you. Publishers don't want to start from zero. They want to see that you've been around, that you're familiar, people know something about you. So often that helps. The other thing that I found that helps, that which I don't do, is your Twitter, you know, social media. People who have 30,000 followers, yes, because they, they count one plus 30,000 and they've sold 20,000 books, you know? So that also helps. But as you're writing your long novel, write short stories, publish them, write short stories, send them out to uh, all, all kinds of um, short story competitions. It all adds up, okay? So if, if a, an agent receives 100 letters a day and you have all of that, you stand a chance. If you don't, you're going to find it such a high mountain to, to climb. The other thing I would advise you to do is attend these functions, okay? If there's a festival, go and listen to the authors who've been there. And then, and I'm not saying that you do this with me, but do this with other authors. Cozy up to them. Hi, hi. Oh, I'm Ugandan. I, I am um, Jennifer read all your books. <laughs> and uh, and Chintu is my favorite. It changed my life. Um, and then say, I've... <laughs> I've just finished writing uh, a book and it's about this and that and I've, um, I have been published here and I've published there and I'm looking for an agent. Now, if you find them in a good mood, they might say, okay, send me your first three chapters and I'll read them. Whatever you do, don't send the whole novel because that's it you will block you and will not write back to you. Send the first three chapters. If that author is happy with the first three chapters, they could talk to their agent. Your, my agent will read somebody I have suggested sooner than all the fantastic emails that have been sent to her. And that's how we, most of us got agents. We just turned up every time. You got one, uh, uh, an author, you say, hello, hello, hello. My name is Jennifer. I do that and that and that. I say, okay, send me your first three chapters 
and then you know somehow they introduce you to an agent they read your work uh, they easily take you up from that rather than they call it a slosh the submission because it's too much so i needed to say that no thank you this is incredibly useful thank you so much Um, so I think I'd, go, I'd like to go back to my other question. So what type of stories by African writers attract international publishers in the first place? Okay. Um, I know there are trends in publishing, okay? For a long time in the past, they you know the kind of stories they loved in the West. They, they were the kind of stories that um, affirmed what they knew about Africa. So, of course, if you wrote about the war, if you wrote about poverty, if yeah, indeed <laughs> HIV, AIDS, those stories sold. But of course, then people like us have gone around and made a lot of noise about that, how that is so cliched and doesn't represent Africa at all. Now, personally, I would advise you not to follow a trend. Do not write a novel because, you know, somebody wrote a novel about, let's say, what? And it, it sold a million. And then you are going to, to do that. You know how the, the market works here. Someone brings tomatoes here and tomorrow someone has tomatoes there and another and another. And you think, seriously, you know, why don't you diversify? But it happens in publishing as well. So remember um, J.K. Rowling's? Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. That was the time that I went into lecturing. You have no idea how many students in creative writing courses we are turning up with stories about witches. And then there was Stephanie. Um, Stephanie Meyer. Uh -huh. And we had a lot of romance between vampires, you know. So don't, don't write a story just because you think it will sell. Besides, readers, as you know, will see right through you. Anyway, so write a story that comes straight out of you. A story that you can't suppress, okay? That you feel this needs to be written, even if it has never been written, which is almost impossible. So... And for me, I tend to want to be unique, okay? And even if I'm going to write a feminist novel, I'm going to ask myself, what hasn't been written? So which means you have to be a reader, a fantastic, good reader, and you read a lot. So you know what is coming out, so you can give us a new take on a familiar subject. So I would not advise you to write a specific story, but write a story that is so true to you and to your audience and know your audience. For me, my audience is Ugandan. I write in Britain, but my audience is Ugandan and the British have accepted that. And they've, uh, the world has accepted that they are going to be outsiders to my writing, that I, I always put Ugandans first. And they've accepted that. Readers, because all readers are just like you. How many books have you read that are not Ugandan? More, probably.
probably 99% of all your reading is non-Ugandan. So why, what, if you are reading other people, why do you write for other people? You know, so I would not say that this is the kind of story that sells in the West. That is, if you want to be published in the West, write a story true to you. However, write well. <laughs> and this is the problem I've seen because I do, I, I mentor, um, script, I, I read people's scripts. So for example, Often when I am in Britain, um, anybody who is Ugandan or East African and is finishing a PhD in creative writing mm -hmm. is going to ask their university, can I have Makumbi to, to, inter, to supervise, to, su no, not supervise the exam, the viva? Ah, okay, to be the external examiner. Yeah. yeah. Ah. So and normally when I come across scripts that are Ugandan, I would say, okay, well done, you're passed. But now I'm going to spend a year with you trying to work on this manuscript. And what I've found is that we have fantastic stories. I mean, people say that each, when you walk on the streets in Africa, every person you pass is a unique story that has never been told. It is true. So most of the people whose stories I've read are just blowing you you know but it's the scale the skill is letting us down you know because writing has two elements to it the imagination and creativity and you know that's where the story comes from and the characters you create wonderful but then how you put that on paper is the major problem so make sure your story is well written and that is because now in publishing, the editor is vanishing, okay? This is where the creative writing course is coming. When you go to the creative writing course, you learn to edit your work, okay? So you will send a fantastic book to Britain and they'll look at it and they will need something like 15,000 pounds to edit it because it's that poorly written even if it's good, they'll say no, okay? I am good at writing. You know, I was an English teacher here. All my study has been in English, language, and literature. But once I finish my novel, I pay money to an editor to edit my writing before I, pub I send it to a publisher. Now, if I do this, think about your writing. <laughs> oh, what, what, did you, didn't you expect me to tell you the truth? <laughs> yeah, um, I am telling you, uh, you've got, you know one of the things that is wrong with our writing? We are so wordy. Yeah, as Ugandans, we go that way, and we go that way, and then we go that way, and then we go, we are going that way, but the story goes that way, and a little bit, they need to know this, and they need to know that, no go that way you know so you the, the structure um the language everything must be perfect if the publisher looks at it and knows i'm not going to spend a lot of money on this they'll take it up dear listeners today we've had an incredible discussion 
but hold on tight because the excitement does not end here. In our next episode, we'll be delving deeper into the crafting and honing of your writing skills. Get ready to uncover fascinating insights, explore expert opinions from Jennifer Makumbi and gain a new perspective. Trust me, you won't want to miss it. So mark your calendars and make sure to tune in for our upcoming episode. It's going to be an enlightening journey you won't want to miss.